0: Righto, G'day Money Miners, it is all happening. It isn't a cruisy Friday. The term sheet is out for the updated St Barbara Genesis merger, takeover, however you want to look at. bit different now. And we've also got Hud Bay Minerals buying Copper Mountain. This is Money of Mine this Friday, Trav, JD, how are we lads? Trav, I'm going to slow you down. You're a bit excited about this little term sheet, aren't you? Uh.
1: It's, uh, it's one, of the, one of the most complicated deals to make sense of. Um, it's become simpler, but when you're trying to just compare how each party is uh, eventuated, it's pretty complicated.
0: There you go. Well, as early, we haven't got any announcements out from Genesis or St. Barger. They're still uh, suspended in trading, but the term sheet has been out on various sources. So, J.D., how are you going, mate? I'm doing well, mate excited to be here. You say that every single day. You genuinely are excited to be here. Right, let's get into the big one. Genesis and St. Barbara, the turn sheet is out for the new deal. They've obviously signed a new one. Now, what is it? Genesis are proposing to buy the Leonora assets off St. Barbara. So the Hoover House and Phoenicia Metal things won't be happening anymore. It's no longer a thing. That was in the first deal last year. It's a $600 million deal, this one, for St. Barbara. So it comprises of $370 million in cash, $170 million of Genesis shares given to St. Barbara shareholders and up to a further $60 million worth of Genesis shares that are contingent on the first ore production from the Tower Hill mine. So for this, Genesis are raising $450 million. Compared to the 275 they were raising uh, in the last deal, right, Trav, mate? I know you've been heavy in the computer on this, and we haven't, as said, we haven't got the enough information yet. The the announcements aren't out from St. Barbara or Genesis. It's purely on the term sheet, Trav. Let's get into it. What is going on
1: here? I think I think I'll start with the disclaimer that this is pretty early stage. And um, all we've done is taken a look at a term sheet that's floating around at the moment, um, and this term sheet is, is is ultimately just going out to fill the placement um, in order to kind of you know, and that's one part of the the deal is the the equity raise, um, and the rest of the deal is sort of all interconditional anyway. So there's a a bunch here, Maddie. The, my first comment is this seems a lot simpler. Um, in, in essence, Genesis they're acquiring a project or projects instead of a company. And the reason that to me is a bit simpler is because the big uncertainty floating about there in the market is um, a lot to do with what St. Barbara's working capital situation is. And as, as, as an outsider looking in, I tend to think that if you're acquiring a project rather than assuming liabilities of a company when you merge with them, that to me feels a lot cleaner. So, you know, there might be some benefit there. To really get to the, the crux of whether or not this deal, um, who, who it benefits and how much it benefits each party, you really need to, to do some some solid math on what the pro forma companies are each looking like and, and what sort of each, each company is going to be getting. And to really be able to do that analysis well, you actually need to have a good understanding of what the current liabilities are of St. Barbara that would have been part of Hoover House. And I think it's that that number there that's not, out in the market that is really informing the recut of this deal right now. So it, it, from f- from what we can see, this deal to me looks like a good deal to existing Genesis shareholders. It looks like a good deal to newcoming um, equity participants. And it looks like, um, it, it basically looks like, you know, a bad deal for St. Barbara, but it also feels like they had to do it. And
0: it Why would you say it's to- a, Good deal for
1: Genesis, bad deal for St. Barbara. I know it's hard to sum up, Trav, but can you line it up? What I'm looking at when I'm trying to figure out if it's a good deal for Genesis is I'm really just looking at what pro forma ownership of the Leonora assets are they going to have by doing this deal? So in the in the first deal that went to the market back in December, um, Genesis shareholders, the existing Genesis shareholders, were going to end up with 41% of the Leonora assets, but they were also going to end up with a very small amount of non-Leonora assets because Hoover House would have a 20% shareholding of um, of Phoenician. So existing Genesis shareholders would have ended up with about 8% of the non-Leonora assets if you do a see-through value.
0: Which I assume there's there. not much value attributed to those assets in their current state Very
1: or performance. It would appear by the way that this deal has been structured. By having a spin-out, that there, there are certain assets that are probably of interest to Genesis management and certain assets that wouldn't be of interest to, to Genesis management. And that's why that's typically why you would do this, you know, merger and demerger sort of structure in the first place. You know, before Genesis shareholders were going to get 41% of the Lenor assets. Now, on a pro forma basis, they'll end up with you know, 43.5%. That's undiluted for the contingent shares that might ultimately be converted to shares real the real number though that's not included there is actually just you know what what level of liabilities would be assumed by the Genesis shareholders by by virtue of the fact that you know they're now taking on whatever st. Barbara's liabilities are gonna be because it was ultimately merge Co is was, was it was you know there's some pay down of some debt there but there's also a creditors list that you know we, we can't see um, which which might be substantial and, and and there's a it's been a while since you know these companies have reported financials so
0: so for for st barbara shareholders I know they triggered that was it 150 million dollar debt uh that sort of that was the point that was the original merger was contingent on that they didn't have they didn't have debt exceeding 150 million i was was a bit
1: higher than that but yeah yeah ultimately the, the scheme was conditional on on this um, debt threshold. And they haven't breached it yet, but, but it seems like the deal was recut because it looked like that could be a possibility. So say they've got $150 million of debt, just to pick that number.
0: They get this $350 million of cash from Genesis. Would that then possibly leave them with a $200 million net cash position or not as simple as that?
1: I think it's not as simple as that. The reason I think that is because if you look at look at the look at the last deal, the last deal was Genesis is raising two hundred and seventy-five million bucks, right? And in the use of funds for all of that, at the end of the day, only seventy million dollars of that was allocated to Gualia and Tower Hill. So when I looked at that deal, and, and of course some of it was to set up Phoenician and Phoenician's plans and all that sort of stuff. But I, but I kind of my impression was that that it. The big, the raise, the reason you were raising so much money there is it kind of, you know, in some ways was solving a bit of a cash flow problem for St. Barbara that they're experiencing across their portfolio. And some of that was expansion and some of that might have been working capital. The mix to me was a little bit unclear. And, and now, now the deal is not raising $275 million, but it's raising $450 million. And how much of that is going to St. Barbara in cash? It's 370 million. So to me, it now feels like the number, the 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 cash number that actually kind of solves back solves everything, um if there are sort of some cash flow issues, is is higher. However, in, in the process of of that, you know, the cash is higher. But but St. Barbara are basically getting a much lower pro forma percentage of Leonora by virtue of this recut deal as we see it. Um, you know, the term sheet floating around has has the fact that that St. Barbara is gonna get shares in Genesis and those shares are gonna be to the tune of 15% of Genesis on a pro forma basis. But with the contingent piece, when that sort of converts, they'll end up with a 19.9% shareholding of Genesis. So if you think of Genesis as the pro forma entity with with the Leonora assets, St. Barbara shareholders are only gonna get 20% of the Leonora assets before in the first deal, they were gonna get 38% of the Leonora assets. So that's a massive reduction in the exposure to the Leonora assets on an ongoing basis, and I think I think that's kind of the price that's been paid for for what sort of eventuated um, in 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 the intervening time since the first deal um, and and that was flagged to market by St Barbara earlier that we covered earlier. So that week. and
0: and it was also in the term sheet that thirteen percent of that, so thirteen percent of the total, fifteen uh, percent of. Genesis Equity that Saint Barbara shares will be being will be distributed to Saint Barbara shareholders. So leaving a leaving, I think I think it was thirteen percent, leaving eighty seven. Say, is there limitations on the Saint Barbara shareholders that get those Genesis shareholders? On is there limitations on being able to sell those immediately? Is there ever conditions like that?
1: There there are occasions where a company intends to do an in-specie distribution, but they can't because the shares are subject to, to an escrow, so they have to be held for a while. In this case, I, that doesn't appear to be applicable. I, I think I think this is just a case of, that... W- the, the interesting part of that, though, is that St. That Barbara intend to keep 87% of their Genesis shareholding. So St. Barbara is going to look like a pretty funny company at the end of this. They're going to have Atlantic, they'll have... Um, so they'll have Simbiri, they'll have Catalyst shares, they'll have Kin shares, they'll have a royalty portfolio, um, and and but but mainly they're going to have Genesis shares, and they they want to keep that. So I can see the Genesis shares as a potential funding lever for whatever expansion plans or or whatever plans they might have in the future. But and but the big the big question mark for me in Saint Barbara is is how much cash are they actually going to have? Once they sort of pay down their debt and pay back, pay down any, any liabilities that they might have accrued that we don't know about yet, um, that's the big unknown. And, and I think until more announcements are made to the market, that will remain a little bit unknown. I because- think it's
2: also worth mentioning that this huge raising can't go ahead without approval from Genesis shareholders. There'll be a couple of tranches, and it's going to be a number of weeks
1: or months still before the deal's wrapped up. Exactly right. So the first tranche is is, is fifty million dollars, and the second tranche four hundred million dollars. So, and I'm sure that um, part of that is 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 basically converting RCF and Super's, you know, previous uh, cornerstone contributions into into the into that second tranche. I imagine. So it, it, the other, the other part though is is like if you if you're a new equity shareholder into this deal, would would you've been happier on deal? The first deal that came to market, or the second deal that came to market, and I think, I think on 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 my my take on that is that I would actually be happier with the second deal that's come to market, mostly because a it's just a cleaner support for RAL in my in my mind. This this it's it's a, it's a much more distinct break from whatever the 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 Saint Barbara's kind of issues might be, um, and and on my math they're getting roughly about you know the the same deal Um, if you kind of just work out per 10 million dollars invested you know you know what what pro forma percentage of the leonora assets are they going to get well it works out by my math to be you know slightly higher and of course those new shareholders aren't getting any entitlements of the non-leonora assets but i think they would be comfortable with that because if you're investing as a new equity um shareholder the plan here is just you just want to back rail on his plan to consolidate leonora and make a lot of money and do saracen 2.0 um, you're less interested in any kind of um, kicker that sort of comes from a Phoenician IPO with assets you don't care too much about and that, that clearly are, seem to be a bit of a, an, an issue for and hence why he's tried to tro- chop them out by the demerger before. So so I would be happier with this, this recap of the deal if I was a new equity investor. And I think just backing
2: great management teams has been a pretty good strategy for for a long time and in particular in the mining space over the past few years. We've seen
0: that. So he's essentially still becoming the same machine, uh, still becoming a possible three hundred thousand ounce producer. Uh, nothing's changed there because they've only, they're getting what they want. They're not taken. They've taken away the Phoenician Metals interest. That whole things, and they don't have Saint Barbara in there with them. He's got, I guess, full control now. So it's a, as you said, a lot cleaner, a lot simpler. Um, looking at the assets, they've they'll still be. Uh, Transporting the Tower Hill dirt all the way to the Mount Morgan's mill—that's a hundred odd k trip. Uh, look, everything still seems to be the same. And the, the deal's deal is going ahead because Genesis wanted it to.
1: I think that's why it's been recut. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. So it's, it's it's obviously there's stuff unfolding in terms of just understanding what what the liabilities might have been, might be, or might continue to be. Um, at Saint Barbara, that is that is worrying. And this this new re, this new deal um, protects Genesis shareholders from assuming those liabilities. Why wasn't
0: this the first
1: deal? I imagine that I imagine that there's been a lot of permutations of this deal um, over the course of of trying to bring the two companies together, and and-, um, and and there might be a bunch of different reasons why you would choose the the merger and demerger um, sort of scheme in, in the in the first place.
2: But I think St. Barbara's hand has definitely weakened over the,
1: the past five-odd months. Absolutely. The other, the other interesting thing in my mind that we should talk about a bit is that, um, in, and what, and this should factor into people's analysis of um, of, of how things pan out, is in, in the deal that came to market last time, the conditional placement, $275 million was to be raised. $70 million of that was um, to go towards... Leonora. So there was, you know, 50 million bucks for Gwalior future-proofing and $20 million for Tower Hill. And in this new deal that's come to market, the $450 million equity raise, there's, in the use of funds, there is no attribution to actually use, use any of that for Leonora. So, so y- y- the other thing we should keep in mind is that, that you know, the pro forma um, Genesis is going to be less capitalized to actually, you know, deliver, um, to, 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 to start, you know, developing Leonora province in the way it wants to. And, um, it, you know, it might have to seek additional funding in order to have the same level of um, planning for those assets. So, you know, if you're doing some, some like-for-like basis math, you might actually, actually, actually have to add some further further equity dilution to account for that. But the other thing that they avoid, though, is in the previous deal, they were assuming $50 million of St. Barbara's debt, which is no longer happening. Um, And I I imagine that would have been assuming liabilities outside of the debt, which they're no longer doing. So uh, all of this stuff matters and we don't have clarity on what the real numbers are. So we can't give a very granular response yet. If
0: you've got to look at the newspaper headlines in three years, whether Genesis are up or down, and you look back to the mere fact that you say, right, Genesis paid $600 million for Gualia, Tower Hill and the mill, do you think it's going to be...
1: That was a good deal, or they paid too much. To start with, I you know like I think let's be careful in using the word six hundred million dollars because I'm always um, apprehensive about adopting the headline numbers that are um, put out to market. Because anytime there's contingent consideration, you don't actually you have to factor in the probability that that um, actually gets vested. And in this case, it sounds like Tower Hill is part of the plan, so it ultimately will um, be vested, I, I imagine. But um, I'd rather use. The words five hundred and forty million dollars plus sixty million dollars of contingent consideration, which might only be valued at thirty million if you were to seek fair value for it. You know, you've got a times above the probability. Well if they don't if they don't achieve all production from Tower Hill, you would say, Yes, that was a bad deal. For sure. I, 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 oh wow. Six hundred dollars is a price tag. Again, you'll you'll be you'll be able to measure that pretty clearly by the genesis share price, I imagine. And I think
0: cost cost is going cost of operation is going to be the big driver in success for this. You got you trucking over a hundred meters to hundred kilometers to the the dace in mill. You have got high cost of getting the dirt out from underground. I see managing costs going forward as a big thing for Genesis, assuming this all goes through in both tranches. But plenty mm. to look at.
1: Yeah, and it's a fascinating dynamic for Genesis as well. Now having St. Barbara as their major shareholder, is their ownership in you going to be used as a funding lever?
0: But if they then have uh, funding issues later on or financial issues later on, is there a risk that they will then dump their shareholding or will there be the escrow conditions to prevent that
1: from happening? It would be a strange move to on-market dump a pretty liquid stock that has good institutional appetite. So anything that, that would trade there would probably happen um, via some crossing.
0: Now, what about Red 5? Last bit of this, Red 5, I know they're Saracen-owned King of the Hill, did a trial underground, sold it, didn't work. Red 5 have had dramas. The Red 5, the King of the Hill mill is 40 k's away from the Tower Hill project in contrast to the Dacian mill, Mount Morgan's mill that is over 100 k's away. Pretty sure it's over 100. I looked on the scale. Um, is there any – do you think that's still in play, possible for total consolidation of that Leonora area or do you think you will sit at this? I think their hands will be quite full
1: for the foreseeable. Who who, no, who who knows? To be honest, like if you had have asked me, you know, would I, would I have predicted that, that Genesis would acquire Dacian? I would have said no no to that. But what happened was um, Dacian became extremely cheap very quickly and RAL acted on that. And, you know, I think every asset – probably has a price, but but you never know.
0: Never know. Right. Thanks, for Ape thanks for all that, lads. Great research, Trab. As I said, great research based on minimal information so far. So we look forward to next week receiving the official announcement, I guess, and everyone's waiting to see, as I said, what the liabilities are, but what Raoul's plan is going forward for Genesis. Is uh, are he are surgically targeting high-grade at Gualia, things like that to make this flow. So, JD, Copper Mountain, Hudbay Minerals buying Copper Mountain, a bit more action in the copper scene. You've gone deep into this, mate. What is happening? That's it. More more action in the,
2: the base metals, the critical minerals sort of space. So I'll give a bit of a high-level view of what's happened here. The deal value is Copper Mountain at US $439 million. They're being bought at a 23% premium to the 10-day VWAP. It's an all-script deal, already got board approval. It'll just require shareholder approval on on the part of Hud Bay as well as Copper Mountain. It'll involve the company Copper Mountain that is delisting their CDIs, uh, a topic we spoke a bit about yesterday. And I think this is sort of in line with Their strategy, it'll be an uh, American-focused, America's-focused business. They sold their EVA copper project last year, so it doesn't make too much sense to keep those CDIs uh, listed in Australia. A little snippet that stood out was the joint uh, production for 2023 of the combined entity will be over 150,000 tonnes of copper in the second quartile of copper cost curve. Not every day you see a company flag themselves not in the first quartile, so that was interesting honesty is the best policy, eh? Oh, that's it. (laughs) So getting into why now, why have we seen the deal happen today? So last year, Copper Mountain cut their production in half at their operation, also called Copper Mountain in uh, British Columbia. The cash costs of the production more than doubled to $3.53 a pound US. And that was on 24,000 tons of, of production. So no sort of hiding that they just performed pretty poorly there and Hudbay thinks they can come in, de-bottleneck the operation, potentially add a bit of equipment and just smooth that out and then we saw that buzzword that we always see that Trav is quite familiar with, Synergies. They reckon they can save $30 million every year across all their different assets. So what's the real
1: story here, I think? We should, we should, we should talk about mining synergies. It's, it's a pretty good topic. Um, Absolutely. So, so, yeah. I mean, I mean, m- m- in mining, there are genuine synergies when you can benefit from, um, you know, two ore bodies that are sharing the same infrastructure, be it be it a plant or roads or or something along those lines. Um, the the typical case, though, in, in mining, is that it's 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 a lot harder to have synergies when the assets are quite far apart. Um, it just you can just save on some corporate synergies, which just means you only need one set of CEO, C, CFO, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I think you, that's you what, save on some administrative fronts there.
2: Yeah, and I think that's what Hudbay's highlighted here. Their, their assets are spread across North America, South America. So it's really corporate synergies that'll um, make up what, what they're talking about when they highlight synergies in this deal. So so we've seen a lot of consolidation in the commodity space over the past few months, really. Newmont, Newcrest, Mincor, Wylu BHB, Oz... Liontown and Albemarle, Glencore Tech, the the list goes on a while there. China's been doing this in Africa across various commodities for quite a while now, and it seems like Western companies and um, countries are sort of catching up on that. We also saw exploration jump to two point eight billion, particularly in the in the copper space that is. So an almost ten year high. It hasn't really been matched by more discoveries, which from the the company's point of view is quite disappointing. And bearing in mind just how long it takes to build a mine, I think it'll um it'll be in, in government's interest to promote these things, and it's why we're seeing a lot of these companies make these acquisitions of already producing assets because they don't want to wait around for a sort of surplus becoming a deficit in the copper space that they see over the coming few years. So, what's really driving the consolidation in the uh, in this sector? Right now, it's a bit opportunistic. We've seen commodity prices be a bit weak over the past few months. That's sort of on the back of global recession fears and whatnot. There's been poor performance in a number of the names we just mentioned that are being acquired. So if you were to compare Mincor, Oz, Newcrest, all those companies with what their share price had been roughly a year or so before the the acquisition, then I think the majority of them are down quite substantially. So... Then we get to the the real reason why we're seeing a lot of acquisitions in the space. There's just very few options. You can just do a quick search and uh, look for copper producers and copper companies on the ASX and you'll get 10 or so hits, you know, and they're not all producing either. So there's really not too much there and a lot of these so managers- these,
1: these companies that have a they have a growth problem ultimately that they have to solve. They, they've got to a- Persuade the, that they can't get growth from the drill bit?
2: Exactly. You look at assets all through through the Andes and South America and the grades are just falling and falling and falling. The The mines are getting deeper and deeper. The energy costs, the, the water costs that all of these things need are increasing. So people are looking pretty far and pretty wide for these sorts of assets. They're going to Mongolia. A lot of companies are going to Africa and to places that are Relatively high risk in comparison to Australia. PNG, exactly. Mm. Uh, Had to drop it in there, you know. I haven't mentioned PNG for a few
0: days. Sorry, let's no, go
2: <laughs> The Congo as well. There's some companies that aren't that afraid to go on there, and that's certainly highlighted by Chinese companies that aren't afraid to go there and,
0: and do business there. So you look, you look at how many drill meters, uh, exploration meters, sandfire put in in and around that. Uh, Degrusa project to try. They found the little, the 1 million ton Monty deposit, but the amount of drilling they put in and elsewhere in exploration for, for 10 years and their share price has only oh, it's had a bit of a tick lately, but they've just essentially done nothing for a decade.
2: Yeah. Talk about looking far and wide. They paid 2.5 billion, I think, for Matza, which is ramping up to nameplate capacity. They've got Matheo coming online in, in Botswana, Interestingly, the uh, the neighbouring asset there, which is held by a, a private equity group, looks like it's coming up for sale. So we'll see if they'll be getting their hands dirty acquiring that again. That's a common cow. Exactly. Yep. Um, and also, of course, the new CEO starting there. But really, looking into which which companies could be next, who else could be acquired, is it's quite an interesting sort of discussion when we talk about the the majors wanting to. Secure production and secure reserves and resources. Companies like Twenty Nine Metals, their their stock price has halved on on the issues that we sort of flagged. Speaking about Ernest Henry, uh, uh, Capricorn Copper for for Twenty Nine Metals, but a lot of the names are, are quite complicated. You look at AIC and they've um, they've got between FMR and between the directors there forty percent of the stock held, so that wouldn't be an easy acquisition. Aeris Solpats owns about 30% of the company. Carnaby have got a, a maiden resource coming out this quarter, so it'll be interesting to see how that sort of plays out. Caravel have a, a, a project that will require a huge amount of money if that can uh, be developed into a mine. North Park's up for sale rumoured in New South Wales, so there's a lot of action and uh, I think it's a space we've seen a lot of institutional investors move into and looking to move into.
1: Yeah, the, a- the ASX space is is uh, yeah very few producers. Um, there's there is a handful of, of of developers that have had a resource for a long, long time that's never been developed because it's a big capex number. And I think that funding equation, that you know the tides are turning and some of those projects look more financeable now than they have in a long time. But they're going to need um, capable teams to come in and help build these projects, Rex Minerals is another one that comes to mind on, on that front too.
0: Do you see copper to be a bit different to commodities like, say, lithium? So look at Albemarle, we're uh, proposing to take over Linetown because they're wanting to secure lithium supply for their downstream facilities, but let's say look at a copper producer like Sandfire. Would anyone, is there is it a bit different in the copper world? Do you think that they wouldn't be... They're not seen as a takeover target for someone to secure copper supply? I think the majors would
2: definitely be interested in securing supply, whether that's in nickel, copper, lithium. I, I don't think the commodity really matters with regard to whether these companies want to secure supply. Would they
0: want to secure it, hoping, like, anticipating there's going to be that uplifting copper price? Well, because-
1: I, 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 I think like... If you, the the, cop, the copper and lithium are not a direct comp in terms of the supply, um, the, the way the, the market, I mean, like copper, copper is subject to a very sort of active trading market, lithium, not so much. Um, and so like, the, you know, the, when a, when a company is getting finance for a copper mine, um, it's the, the the traders, like the, you know, um, the traffickerers of the world, et cetera, can come in and, and make that financeable. Um, that same sort of market uh, participant doesn't exist in the lithium market, so I I think I think like you haven't seen the same level of, of of downstream interest in copper security purely because you have a much more liquid market that's facilitated by these other market participants and and uh, you know and a and a liquid LME ticker.
2: I think in the sense of
1: majors wanting to have a, a portfolio of assets,
2: and of course, why are they doing that? Because they think these assets and these Commodities will appreciate in prices. That's that's the core reason why they're doing it, though. So completely agree with what you're saying there, though, Trav. But they're in the business of making money, you know, and if they think copper's going to go up in, in a few years' time, that's why they're securing these assets.
0: Beautiful. Oh, it was supposed to be a casual Friday, lads, but she was a pretty busy one. Oh, one thing I wanted to clear up uh, from the panoramic Uh, analysis the other day because their announcement quoted uh, 30% lower jumbo development metres, it didn't Uh, was a bit convoluted, Uh, it was actually because they dropped the jumbo off in the previous quarter announcement. So it's seen as a positive for a reduction in cost, but the way it was worded, it looked like it was negatively worded. So just to to clear that up, I had a mistake there. We'll get into the uh, recap of the other news out there. There is other news. Uh, Bellevue, they've been added to the ASX 200 now capped at 1.7 billion. So you can expect added liquidity there. Boys, explain why there will be added liquidity.
2: It's quite a simple one, Maddie. These companies like Vanguard, BlackRock, that make the indexes will need to go on market and buy shares in the company to put in their ETFs that pass- passive investors buy around the world. There you go,
0: sorted. Uh, IGO, so they have secured some land in Quinana, right adjacent to their the Tianchi lithium plant there. So that's for the from the West Australian government, and it's for the proposed integrated battery material facility are uh, generating the downstream uh, materials for battery cathodes so they're working with Wailoo to towards making a final investment decision on the development of this project and they're going to that's also going to involve integrating a downstream nickel refinery with a plant that's going to be producing, as we mentioned, the nickel-dominant precursor cathode active material, PCAM, you'll see, uh, for the battery supply chain. Uh, Nickel Industries, NIC, they've issued $400 million of senior unsecured notes at 11.25%, five-and-a-half-year maturity. Uh, Tropical Cyclone Isla is set to cross the... Pilbara coming up. So ships have been moved from the port. So more rain coming to the west now instead of the east. And Polar X, they're up 30% today on high volumes with no news. So Polar X are the company that Northern Star took a 10% interest in last year. So they've got the high grade epithermal gold exploration project in Nevada. So keep a look out there. Thank you very much, lads. Have a good weekend.
1: Have a good weekend, Money minus. what is
0: it, What is up for the weekend, boys? Behaving yourselves, eh? Oh, i got some plans, oh, that That's good. Not disclosing I mean, we, No, you. We're
1: coming over yours for a oh, barbecue. Oh, yeah, you are coming to mine. Yeah. I said uh, I didn't uh, know uh, if you
0: didn't want to disclose your location because you didn't want the fans <laughs> to bug you in the uh, street.
1: Mate, I, had to, I was actually just thinking in my head, what am I doing this weekend? No, yeah, we'll we'll right.
2: rest up so we can bring good quality content to the <laughs> viewers next week. That's right.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what you're, we're you've doing. You've got to a, go a five-day week next week. We're definitely not getting on a piss-up at my joint on <laughs> Sunday. So... Too easy. Have a good weekend, Money Miners. Thanks, guys. (laughs) The information contained in this episode of Money of Mine is of general nature only and does not take into account the objectives, financial situation or needs of any particular person. Before making any investment decision, you should consult with your financial advisor and consider how appropriate the advice is to your objectives, financial situation and needs.